Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Five, Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of the In the Paint Show, episode 178. We're here on a Tuesday afternoon. Obviously, the big announcement for today is the McDonald's All-American team for 2024. Just got announced a little while ago. The game will be played April 2nd in Houston, and I know we'll be following that. And it's a very special honor. Regardless, guys, uh, Ani and Chelsea here, regardless of who gets picked, it's still a very special honor. So wanted to get your take about that, you know, real quick, Ani and Chelsea, just, just about this leading up to the culmination. And it's still a special moment for all 24 guys and 24 girls to get picked. Oh, yeah. No, it's a special moment. I know for guys, it's, you know, they even talk about it their sophomore, junior year about like, hey, you know, I'm trying to be a McDonald's All-American, like the ultimate goal. You know, kids and parents be talking about that for their child for like since right when they're in high school. So for these kids to see their name on that list, you know, I know that's it's a great thing. McDonald's All-American game has gone for a long time. A lot of. NBA players, a lot of Hall of Famers. So, you know, I know for those kids, like it's something that they really cherish because it's, it's a goal when they enter high school. Yeah. You know, you, you see it every year. Like guys, when they enter high school, it's like, I want to be a Mickey D's kid. You know, no that, it's a no big doubt. it's a big accomplishment. Yeah, 100%. I, I definitely agree with Ani that, you know, any high school player that has aspirations of playing in college and is on pace to do so, you know, has aspirations of probably being a McDonald's All-American as well. But you know, just to play you know, devil's advocate just a little bit as a player and as somebody who wasn't a McDonald's All-American, you know, the kids that feel like they deserve to be there and didn't, like the show must go on, you know, put your head down, get to work. Just like there's a lot of McDonald's All-Americans who, you know, made it to the NBA and were successful. There's a lot of McDonald's players who didn't. So sure. it, at the end of the day, it is not the end all be all. Um, I know we're going to talk a little bit today about, you know, people that made it and didn't make it. But, you know, I just like to add that perspective that, you know, as as amazing as it is to just be recognized, and I think everybody wants to be recognized for their talent and their abilities. Um, also, if you're not recognized, get back to work. Right. That's it. Yeah. Okay, now, Chats, I'm going to put you on the spot just a little bit. Let's rewind to 2008. The girls' game's been around for about six years. The announcement of the team comes on. Again, it may not have been a big announcement like it is nowadays, but when it came out, I'm assuming you kind of knew you weren't going to be on it, but or did you feel like, you know what, I really have a real chance to be on it, I'm going to do. And then did it really fuel you, or was it like, wow, I don't really, you know, I'm not on it, who cares? You know, what do you recall about that time? Well, for me, I was a late bloomer. I know we talked a little bit about it. Um, not sure. a late bloomer in terms of talent, but a late bloomer because my dad is just not into all the AAU <laughs> and, and all that stuff. Yeah. So I only played one year on the circuit. I went sure. from not being ranked and nobody knowing me to – 
like being ranked and just being put like number five in my position, I think number like 60 overall in my class with only sure. one summer of playing in five events. So yeah. I think that I might've had a realistic chance if I would have started, you know, earlier, like some of those of these girls, but I knew I wasn't going to be one. I was fine with not being one. And, you know, I, I always just had that kind of self-belief in, in me that it didn't matter if you're going to recognize me or not. Like at the end of the day, we all got to play. And when I'm on the court, right. I'm going to, you know, show who I am and, and, and get recognized that way. No doubt. No doubt. Without further ado, let's pull up the boys All-American team. Uh, get right at it. Um, you know, obviously it's it's out there now. And, uh, you know, we'll just go over them and we'll talk a little bit about them. So let's start right, with the West. Let's go with the West. <clears throat> so we got Trey Johnson, Flory Badunga, Ace Bailey, Carter Bryant, Dylan Harper, VJ Edgecombe, Zoom Diallo, Donnie Freeman, Carter Knox, Trent Perry, Darion Reed, and Aiden Sherrell. Okay, I'll go ahead and go with the East, um, highlighted by, you know, the Cooper flag, number one overall player, um, Liam McNeely, John Bull, Sahad Pettiford, Jalil Bethia, uh, Isaiah Evans, Derek Queen, Boogie Fland, Ian Jackson, Bryson Tucker, Drake Powell, and Jaden Quayton. Obviously, that's the 24 guys that got chosen. Um, you know, we'll leave that graphic up there a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about them um, as you guys are listening. Or, and if you're watching on, on our YouTube, we appreciate it. But if you're listening, we'll, we'll say the names again probably at some point and go through it. But, uh, yeah, Chelsea, let's start with you. Just highlight what's the first thing you see. You know, just the first thing, the first reaction that comes to your mind. Uh, first reaction is I see a lot of Mount Verde, you know, kind of as yeah. expected, number one overall team, number one overall player. Um, sure. I think for the most part, this is a very solid list of 24. Um, sure. I think that, you know, the committee, you know, give or take a few names that we'll probably discuss later, um, did overall pretty good job. And, and I think, you know, all these kids are deserving. You can make a case for pretty much everybody that's on the list. Um, I'm excited to kind of see these guys go against each other. I think the East is stacked. Like when I just look at, like, I think the East yeah. is, I don't know, the combination of players when you're putting these guys together, I think they have a stacked team. I don't know what Ani thinks, but I definitely can see the East winning this game uh, by double digits. Wow. Hmm. Well, it, with the pool, uh, the, the field of 24, I mean, I think it's a very solid list. Um, like Chell said, I mean, you kind of hit the – it's kind of – you got the right t talent. For the most part, it's the right talent. Yeah, there's some guys that I missed. But, like, I do like that they added in some OTE guys, some overtime elite guys, you know. Yeah. As you, we can see here, there's no more than three guys, you know, per, you know, a program. Um, yeah. you got, like, Mom Verde has three. Uh, Prolific has three. I do wonder, you know, we'll talk about it later, like, how does that impact, like, kids – you know, that are maybe top 15 players going into their senior year, going to a program that has three other <laughs> top yeah, really 15 bad. to 30 players. Like, you know, uh, I will, I am interested to see how that impacts it going forward. Uh, but overall, good list. Uh, I'm going to go different from Chelsea. I think the West, I like really with the guard play with Dylan Harper, Trey Johnson, Ace Bailey, VJ Edgecombe. I think in Trent Perry, you got some guys that can really bomb it from deep, that can really get to the paint. Um, and Floyd Badunga is going to be a double double. He's going to get a double double. Like he's he's he's, he's, a, he's just his motor doesn't ever 
doesn't ever stop. So for me, yeah, I really like I like the West. I think they got the guard plays really, really good. Obviously, not taking away from the East, but I think you got the best, the high rated guards in the class. And um, I think Flory's gonna be a monster. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a good pick. Not a lot of people are talking about Flory. I don't know. We talked about him a lot on this pod over the last two years, but it's kind of like maybe uh, you know, his team is West teammate Ace Bailey's kind of come up. Uh, now, you know, Boogie Flan has had a big season. There's a few other guys that are really, you know, Flory's high school team is is not what it was last year in terms of their one-loss right. record, and that's not everything. But, yeah, he's kind of a little bit of a forgotten guy. I think for a while there, maybe people thought he was a top two, three guy, and now it's Dylan Harper, Ace Bailey, and obviously Cooper at the top. So, Ani, quick question for you. For you, Do you think between now and McDonald's and then you got, you know, whether it's – uh, you know, Iverson game or Ball's Life game that 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 at the end, when it's all said and done, when me and you do our final rankings, that Ace has a chance to be number one? Or you think, no, that that's just Cooper's there and that's how it's going to go? Um, by then, I think you still keep it, Coop, um, okay. because Montverde's, you know, probably yeah. going to win that league, yeah. you know, especially if they go and mess around and win Geico. It's kind of hard you know, the best player on the best team in the country yeah. or for yeah, someone else to trump them. Um, yeah. Long-term. I mean, obviously that's going to, it could, yeah. that could change. I think, I think anybody makes an argument for Ace Bailey being number one has a legitimate yeah. argument, <laughs> you know, has a real, real legitimate argument, but just because like, when you look at these things in the high school level, you also have to look at resume, what their teams are doing. McEachern is playing very well. Uh, obviously yeah. Ace doesn't have the, the 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 manpower like Coop does, but sure. Coop being the best player on the best team, you know, it's gonna just speak. It's it's hard to trump someone like that. Like you, yeah, like the teacher, and just will have to be better than Monverde. <laughs> yeah, I understand. <laughs> and and he would have to like just be totally go nuts, berserk in the All Star circuit. You know, yeah. the guy I'm thinking about who did that and the and went berserk, and it's like he probably should be considered for number one. Uh, and his daughter made the girls' team. McKinley Randolph is Zach Randolph in 2000. Mm-hmm. Guys, he went freaking nuts in the All Star game. He had like 35 and 12 in like uh, a Derby Festival class. He was dominating McDonald's. Like everybody's like that guy should be number one because every like you said, Ani uh, Darius Miles had this big summer. He was the big name, and people were like, he's gonna go to the NBA draft, and it was just hard to knock him off. Sometimes right. it's just hard to knock the champ off. You know what I mean? Like you really need to knock him out, and it's not. Sometimes you don't get a chance. To knock him out so i kind of get what you're saying there you know cooper is deserving and uh you know it's going to take a lot to knock him off in which is a solid class i chelsea do you think this class like you kind of mentioned at the beginning this class maybe be a little bit better than maybe we thought eight months ago or a year ago yeah i, I think definitely long term you have some guys like ani said um that yeah. you're going to be able to look back and say like okay you know this kid was all right um i think historically you know we love to compare drafts and like to line it up like historically this draft doesn't fare very well compared to you know some of the premier drafts of the past but i mean it it really just gets down to how game how the game how these players games translate and how hard they work i mean there's people that aren't mcdonald's all americans that we're going to be talking about you know in the upcoming years because they were able to just you know, go to college or do whatever and make a name for themselves. So, and I think that, you know, is, is the same for these guys who are going to go to school and then hopefully become professionals thereafter. So I think it'll be okay overall. I, I don't, 
I think Ace Bailey has some star power to him too. Like just based sure. off of the way he plays. Uh, when yeah. I when I look at Cooper, um, I see him being number one because he's just the best all around, well rounded player. Like he's uh, yeah. effective on both sides of the ball, and like uh, like Ani said, he's the best player on the best team. Now, when it comes to the NBA and and the game is just different, you know, Ace Bailey with his ability to isolate and, and score baskets, you know, might you know fare a little better at least you know right away. But um, yeah. but yeah, the Ace Bailey. Here we go, pulling up his highlights. I mean, there, there's really nothing that this kid can't do. Um, yeah. it's, he just gets right to it. So you, know, you have to kind of have that type of hunger and, and confidence when you're playing in the pros, because there's a lot of guys that can do that and you have to be able to kind of do it at a high level. And I think definitely at the high school level, um, his ability to just score baskets is, is, is kind of second to none at this point. Yeah. It seemed like he had a game maybe about less than a week ago. He had a big game where he took like four dribbles. He mm -hmm. would just catch and shoot turn around, po you know, post up, you see, so there's some of the highlights, like just one dribble pull-ups. That's pretty elite. Like you said, I can see why guys down the, down the line really like him as the best prospect in this class. Again, maybe that has nothing to do with today, but it, I, I definitely can see it. And he definitely has a, a case even today, you know, I mean, as you guys mentioned, and, and, and we, and we were watching those highlights. So um, yeah, you know, is there anybody else that can, uh, move the needle with this group in that in that top two or three, Ani, or is it that kind of set in? Man, I'm telling you, uh, Dylan Harper and uh, Ronnie, pull yeah. up the highlights on Dylan Harper. Um, I'm very, very high on him. Uh, obviously, basketball pedigree, dad played, yeah. uh, your brother played Rutgers, has a successful career. It's a lefty. Athleticism is really not his thing, but and his jumper has gotten a lot better throughout the year. He has a high feel. He's a capable, just real shot creator and scorer and high-level playmaker. I know we're seeing here, like, what he does on the scoring, but I think the scoring opportunities come because of his passing, because of his feel, his ability to get to spots, his, be able to, yeah. his ability to read defenses. I think yeah. he can manipulate defenses, and he just lets – he, like, dictates how the game is played in the pace. Um, at 6'5", 6'6", playing the point guard position and he's a, he is a legit guard lead guard in the um at the next level you know you don't see a lot of those guys and those and and a lot of but the guys you do see are successful in the league or really good college players i think Dylan harper he may not wow you from like a athletic like box yeah. checker but i think from just a skill feel positional size and even some things you may say it doesn't like pop like his athleticism, but it's a it's functional and stable. Those guys have success at uh, whatever level of basketball uh, that they go to. So to me, I think Dylan Harper, he doesn't get talked about much, but because he doesn't wow you from an athletic standpoint. But I think sure. what he does translates. Yeah, um, I think of again, when we watch those highlights, it's easy to think of uh, the young man who played for Dallas is now with the Knicks is um Jalen Brunson. You know, Brunson and it's like he dude he he led his team to the Fab 48 he had a monster 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 summer had a good senior season his team was like top 10 in the country and then he gets to college and I don't know if it's the system or not I, I'm not really sure how he fell that far in the draft I still kind of don't know how he fell that far in the draft I thought he was much better but maybe Dylan uh, that's not going to happen to him. But like you said, he doesn't have the fanfare. He's not the big highlights, and he doesn't need that. I mean, Don Bosco right. plays a really good team. He's awesome, and I hope people see that when they, um, you know, as this circuit comes along, as the season goes along. He played in a, a big game at the hoop hall that you were able to see, Ani. Um, 
Chelsea, I'll pull up the team again and wanted to get like what, you know, just maybe based on who you haven't seen a lot of or maybe based on a matchup uh, as this all-star circuit comes. Who, who, What one player do you want to watch more of or you're looking forward to watching? Yeah, well, you said matchup, and I'm going to talk really quick just about my two favorite um, guards, you know, that's going to be in this game. On the West, Trey Johnson. But on the East, my favorite guard, Boogie Fland. Uh, I'm really looking forward to a matchup between those guys. Um, If you could pull up Boogie's highlights. We've talked about him previously on the pod. Just from from leadership, intangibles, ferocity, uh, shot making, shot creation, pace. This kid is incredible. And, you know, Ani was just talking about Dylan Harper, who's incredible in his own right, but not having that wow factor. Well, this kid has it. He's going to go to Kentucky. He's going to do very well. And uh, we talked about previously just his leadership. He's always talking through. He knows how to impact the game, regardless of whether he has the ball or whether he's shooting well or things are going right. He's going to make his presence known. And I, I really have only seen him play three or four times, but he's been exceptional every single time. Um, you know how I feel about Trey Johnson. We talked about him previously as well um, sure. when I got the opportunity to see him in Vegas. And I just like the ferocity and the tenacity of both of these guys. So I think it's going to be exciting to watch them go head to head. Trey Johnson, big guard, shot making ability. Um, it's going to be a key matchup in my eyes to look out for in this. Gotcha. How about you, Ani, to piggyback on that question? Any matchup you, you're looking forward to or, you know, a matchup that maybe people are not speaking of that that's going to be good? Uh, let's go back to that teams. Um, yeah. for me, it's I don't think it's more of a match, it's just more of a player. Uh, and there's okay. two of them. Uh, for me, Jalil Bethea. I mean, uh, had, had a 40 okay. point game at Hoop Hall, you know, has size, good quality positional size, and scoring and length. And he just, I mean, he's 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 a he's a pure bucket getter. Um, guys like him. Um, I know no one really talks about him. You know, we talked about a guy, and even me, I've talked about like VJ, uh, Coop, Dylan, Ace. Then I think you kind of got like guys like Trey and Jaleel Padilla. Like those are guys that can also make legitimate arguments as well as like top two to three guys in that class. Um, and they've been performing like that. So for me, just seeing Jaleel Padilla in this environment, obviously he's played in high level competition, but I haven't seen a whole lot of sample size, but every time I see him, I've been wowed by him. So I just want to continue yeah. to see him like, you know, anyone knows like the practices, the scrimmages that we get to the game, like that stuff. I want to see how he just really performs there. And the next one is Jaden Quaintance, who's very young, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, classed up up. I think if he wanted to, he could be a 226 kid. I mean, he's very, he's <laughs> very, yeah, he's very young, um, has a lot of upside, checks a lot of boxes. Yeah. So again, a kid that young, just, what how he does in this environment as well against these guys. I mean, I saw my NBA top 100 camp. I'm going to try to go see him um, in March. Um, the hoop state has something going on in North Carolina. I'm going to go out there, uh, but yeah. just seeing, him, seeing him in this environment as well. Um, he's another one. I, I, I would like to see like, especially match up with a Flory, right? Like yeah. how, how does that, how, how that, that, I think that's going to be a hell of a matchup, big man matchup, just guys hitting the hell out of each other. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I was going to mention Flory, like, you know, he's, you know, is he going to be licking his chops with John Bull and Jaden, you know, mainly because he's so strong, but like Jaden, you know, maybe doesn't have the um, experience, you know, that, that, that Flory does, but doesn't mean he's not as talented. You know, Jaden might be one of the more talented guys in this group, just pure talent. 100%. You know, he's, he's not, 
I'm never going to compare nobody to, to uh, like Sean Kemp, but he has that type of body. You know what I mean? Mm. Just big. Like, I mean, and get me, don't get me wrong. He's not Sean Kemp in high school, but it, it just moving that way. Like, wow, this kid. I remember me and Ani, we saw him in Vegas, and I'd seen him in Arizona when he just first got on the scene. Is He had moved from me. So I was like, is this kid as big and moves as well as I think he is? And people were easy to say, like, oh, Ronnie, he's young. He's, you know, doesn't have his feet under him. The typical statements you say about young guys, I'm like, he's pretty big and good. You know, like, sure, he has his shortcomings, but in a year's time or a year and a half time, he's really, he's really made strides, you know. And um, congrats to him, you know, for making it. That is like to, to speed up the process. Like you said, Ronnie, move up, get in this class, make McDonald's, and now he's going to Kentucky. You can't really beat that, you know. <laughs> you know, thank you. So, you know, again, great, great. Uh, you know, great, great, uh, you know, group overall in terms of congrats to, to these guys. For me, I think the one kid I want to see because I'll see him before then. And, and you know, he's kind of been at a smaller school. And then he's he's now in a Corona Centennial is Arizona bound Carter Bryant. Uh, yeah. And I didn't want to see him for a lot of reasons. And and mainly because he's, he's switched schools. I mean, Eric Freeney, here he is on the highlights. As you see some of these highlights here. Uh, he's playing with much better players this year, but they have nine losses. I mean, it is mm. what it is. They got nine losses. You know, they're they're not uh, playing to the level they want to play, but they still got another game in the league coming up against Roosevelt down the line for the league championship and will probably be in the playoffs. And he's going to have to finish strong if they kind of want to win a state title or, or be in that mix. So I, I for him, he's always had the talent. And his uncle, um, Trayvon Pline, who went to Missouri to play for Quinn Snyder, playing the 2000 McDonald's game with, with Darius Miles and, and uh, Deshaun Stevenson in that group. And, and he was a good college player, led them to the to lead eight. So Carter's got a lot of eyes on him. Uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on, on Carter, uh, Ani, in, in terms of that. But, like, I know you've seen him in the grassroom setting. But he's got, you know, uh, he definitely deserves it. But I think he's one of the guys that people want to see him finish and show that, you know, he can be one of the best players in this group down the line. Oh, 100 uh, percent. I see. I got to see him a couple of times, actually, in the school setting. Yeah. Like, yeah, sizing and really can shoot the basketball, seeing seeing the perimeter game. We'll love to see more of like an interior presence or just kind of a okay. mixing it up a little bit predictable to me as far as like where his points come from uh, with yeah. his size. But you can. But the perimeter game is real. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And the athleticism he had, he checks boxes. I've talked about uh, physical profile boxes being checked he fit he does that uh, honestly sure. but i would like to see like how he matches up with these guys i think there's not yeah. a talent issue at all but i do think like the next progression of his game and maybe uh, maybe it doesn't happen going into march right but like yeah. just going forward i would like to see a little bit more of an outside in inside out kind of mixing like kind of burying up his bag <laughs> you know yeah. to really you know really exploit you know, the mismatches he has with his size. Yeah, no doubt. And I will say this to him. He had a monster game against Roosevelt. They beat him in the first game. That that was, you know, he he looked like a McDonald's All-American. He had 39 points, I think, 38 points, 14 mm -hmm. rebounds. Like, And they played against, you know, Braden Burries, who's going to be a McDonald's All-American next year. And he did it. So, I mean, he's come up in a few of the big games. But, again, they have nine losses. And they have other – Eric Freeney's kind of maybe the guys that maybe maybe weren't going to be in the McDonald's game, but he's pretty close in the 30-35 range, I think, Ani, you know, as, as far as rankings yeah. going to UCLA. They have good young players. And we're going to talk about some of those guys. Um, you know, let let's, let's, let me talk about a, the USA roster for the Hoop Summit. 
Charmin yeah. uh, uh, White's going to be a busy guy. Ani Pace Academy is the head coach. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, the USA roster, and he's the head coach of one of these all-star teams. McDonald's, so shout out to our guy Charmin White, you know, uh, also USA basketball. But I want to say that game again. The McDonald's game is going to be April 2nd at the Toyota Center in Houston. I know Ani will be there, and he'll be zipping on, on his way to Arizona for the Final Four. Yeah. And let's talk about the um, Hoop Summit, which is against they'll play the world team. Nike world team has been going on since 1995, minus a few years. Um, the 2224 Nike Hoop Summit team, again, I'm just going to announce them, not a graphic. Ace Bailey, David Castillo from Sunrise Christian, Isaiah Evans, who's a McDonald's All-American, Cooper Flagg, Boogie Flan, Dylan Harper, Ian Jackson, Morez Johnson from Thornton Township in Harvey, Illinois, who's having, having a good season. Big man. Trey Johnson, um, Link Academy from Dallas, Texas. Asa Newell from Montverde Academy. Patrick Nogonga from Paul VI, a big man. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul VI, one of the best teams in the country. And Jaden Quaintance, we talked about kind of the late bloomer, uh, you know, who is going to Kentucky. Again, that's uh, 10 guys, I believe. So, uh, Chelsea, the four guys who are not on the McDonald's All-American team are Morez Johnson, Asa Newell, Patrick Navanga, and David Castillo. Uh, anything there that jumps out to you or that you want to talk about? Uh, well, they have uh, 12 guys instead of 10. But what, what I like about Hoop Summit, um, obviously, uh, the game is going to be April 13th. Uh, they're going to play yeah. against the World Select team. Um, yeah. Hoop Summit just kind of... Historically, they're going to have McDonald's All-Americans, but they're also trying to put together the best fitting roster. Um, yes. So when you see guys that maybe are not, you know, the top, top, top um, cream of the crop players, you know, they're trying to put the pieces together. So they have that good sure. mixture of both. And and I think sometimes that's what you need when, you, when you're, you know, c competing in a game. I think um, Hoop Summit, I know uh, historically – um, the NBA scouts tend to like the hoop summit game a little bit better because it sure, doesn't sure. give as much all-star game. You know, McDonald's yeah, is, is very much like, yeah, like they're playing, they're playing hard. So you know, what sticks out to me with those other guys is that they're just trying to put a roster together that fits to, to have the most competitive, most successful game, as opposed to just, you know, maybe getting the best players in the country and kind of just putting on a show. I look at McDonald's more as a show. Hoop summit, sure. I look at as a more, uh, competitive and you know game amongst players that are going to take it a little bit more seriously and we've seen the success that people have had in in, uh, in the hoop summit game especially on the international side like Joe Kitch, oh, yeah. a lot of the international players were um were found you know uh yeah. from a game like that so I, I just think that they take it more serious and I don't think it's to discredit anybody who didn't make that roster but they're putting a, a team together to to perform at a high level in my opinion mm -hmm. no doubt no doubt I think the biggest name on that kind of stage as you mentioned is jokers one is is dirk nowitzki if you go back to 1998 everybody said they started talking about the players you know the top players were ron curry al harrington who uh you know went to the pros and and rashad lewis went to the pros and everybody's people that were watching close were like dirk's better dirk's the best prospect in the country <laughs> and you know it was like he wasn't in the american system so it was like everybody's like no he's the best prospect downturn you should you know people were talking about drafting them and dude his, his recruiting was very weird you know like in terms of where, where people are going to take him and everybody's like the hell with him going to those colleges like he's the best prospect so like you said just to your point you know it's really helps in terms of the evaluation process that game again at the moda center 
in Portland on April 13th. What stood out to me, and that team came out already about a week ago, speaking of the hoops, and I kind of knew Ani, when I saw Asa new on that team, I'm like, he ain't going right. to make McDonald's. And that's nothing against Asa. That's just, he ain't going to make McDonald's. And I think that's one of the next thing we want to talk about is there's six guys from two teams, three from Prolific, three from Montvert. And um, Asa doesn't make it. And their fifth starter, Robert Wright. Now, he's not their fifth starter. He's just the fifth starter I named. They're all top mm. 25 guys, really. But when right. he went to that Hoop Summit team, I kind of said, oh, he's probably not going to make it. They're probably going to take three. I, I just didn't think. I don't know. Did you, like, five guys from one team? Then what's the purpose of a McDonald's game? I, I don't know. Maybe you don't have thoughts. Or maybe, Chelsea, you're thinking – no, Ronnie, it's five to five, you know, 24 best guys. The, if they're from the same team, I, I guess I'll start with you on it. You just give me your thoughts on that. Three guys from, from Montvert. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, to talk about just like, oh, it should be the best guys. I mean, yeah, like yeah. You, you say that, like, oh, it's all great. But we all know it's always deeper than that shit. Like, I mean, it's it's, yeah, it's just not going to be that. Like, yeah. it's hard to have five guys from one team being the McDonald's <laughs> all Like, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, should Rob Wright and Ace and uh, Newell be in there? One hundred percent. But that wasn't going to happen. That wasn't that wasn't going to work. It just wasn't going to sure. work. If it happened one year, I guarantee it will never happen again. So like, okay. Um, but so for Montverde having those three, I think it's great that you had three. Um, but you know, it also is telling, like you know, for those guys. Again, I just want to see. I'm not even trying to put thoughts and words into Rob Wright or Asa Newell's mouth. But, you know, from the outside looking in, you have to think, how will this impact players of their caliber staying on those level of teams? Sure. You know, you know, especially if being a Mickey D's player, let's say if they hold that into such a high regard, yes. it's going to be hard to, like, okay, who do you have? Okay, so, like, if I want to be a Mickey D's kid and you got four other guys top 20 in the country, you know, who one of two or one of us is going to be left out. So yes. that's going to probably build some hesitancy of people going to those type of programs. Okay. Fair enough. And that's a great point. You know, you got to, in the larger scheme, if that's important to you, you got to, um, you know, think about that when you, again, guys are going to the EYBL Scholastic. They're going to high-level teams. They're not going to their hometown team. It's something they're going to consider, I think, going forward. They're going to see this team, and they're going to know who made it and didn't make it. Ain't, it ain't it ain't rocket science. It just it is what it is. So, I don't know, Chelsea, do you sit, share the same sentiments or not? I mean, well, I agree with Ani that, I, there, well, there's just politics in everything. Like, the committee does not want to set a precedent of putting five players for one team. Like, you know, they, they're just not going to do that. So I totally agree with Ani. I hope yeah. players aren't influenced on making their decisions based off of, you know, continuing to plan a team with the stat, you know, because there's no guarantee that you're going to make McDonald's anyway. And, sure. and I also think, too, like, if you're really that guy, like, okay, nobody questioned was was Cooper Flagg <laughs> going to be one of the five people that was snubbed, you know? Yeah. So it's obviously yeah. people that are kind of, like, you know, on, on that cusp or whatever. So do I think Rob Wright and Asa Newell are deserving? Absolutely. Nobody yeah. would argue if they were to get in there. The only argument would be that there's five of them from the same team. So yeah, I, it's yeah. definitely not a talent standpoint. But, yeah. you know, it, it, please don't make your decisions based off of McDonald's and stuff. Everybody has goals, but you never know how anything's going to play out. We've talked about many players on the pod 
um, Ani yeah. and Ronnie, just kids that were on the cusp and climbing and, you know, maybe would have had opportunity if something didn't happen. You know, we recently talked about uh, Jace Richardson, how, you yeah. know, in this last half and who Paul, he, he was balling. Like, you can make a case yeah. for him if he wasn't injured that he would have been in the conversation. So, you know, yeah. I hope that players aren't making decisions based off of stuff like this, because ultimately I just feel like it's kind of out of your control. If you're the guy, you're going to be there. If you're on the cusp, it can kind of maybe go either way, regardless of where you're playing. Chels, that sounds all sweet, but, like, my whole thing is, like, it's just, like, they're going to do it. I mean, I have heard from people that tell me, oh, we don't care about rankings, or we don't care yeah. about this, that, and the third. And swear to God, when ESPN on 247 is about to put out their rankings, these same people are yeah. tripping out, trying to see where their kid is going to be. So, like, yeah. They're just, they're going to do it. Like, I, I'm just going to be real. Like, they're going to do it. Like, yeah. they can say, like, yes, you're right. I'm not saying what you're saying is wrong. Yeah. It's just, like, how I know these parents and these kids, dog, they're going to think that because it just, that's, they can say that they, they don't care. Yeah. But they actually care. Like, these people yeah. care way more I, than sometimes. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. And it's something that the culture has on is is hey you know we want to what AU coach doesn't travel coach doesn't say to this guy you know we want you to make the McDonald's American we think he, we can help you that's a you know that's part of the system selling we're point. in yeah, yeah. selling point too. yeah it's a selling point so again you don't have to make we can go over the guys that didn't make it Kawhi Leonard David Robinson then we can go on and on and on you know and it, it, Glenn Rice and it's like yeah but you you kind of want to like you guys said at the top of the show it's still a hell of an honor so it's going to be a factor, you mm -hmm. know, and um, just to go over some raw data numbers, as you guys mentioned, we have three from, um, you know, prolific prep, three from Montvert. So that puts Montvert's number at 17 with its wow. first pick in 2013. 17 mm -hmm. would be second all time to Oak Hill Academy, which doesn't have a McDonald's All-American. Oak Hill, Steve Smith is on another Richter scale, 35. We got Oh, yeah, yeah. 35. Well, 34 for him, and I think they, they had one more. He's on another scale, 35, you know. So 30, so Monver is about halfway there. And then, believe it or not, Prolific Street puts them at 12, which is now tied for third all time. So it's Oak Hill, 35, Montvert, 17, and Damatha Catholic, 12. So Prolific now has 12, tied for third with Damatha, the great program out of Hyattsville, Maryland, which is kind of a, a Catholic in the Catholics, a Catholic school, parochial school. Obviously, we've talked about the math many times over the years, and uh, they're just a staple of high school basketball, and they've been very, very good throughout. So, shout out to those programs, and and we'll see if uh, our our guy Yurik Stoneman keeps it alive and gets a McDonald's All American in the future. Obviously, uh, Oak Hill doesn't have one this year; they're just competing. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you know. Uh, as you guys said, that's pretty interesting. I do want to talk about uh, the guy who I would pick. Again, I love Asa Newell, but I got to talk about my guy, Robert Wright. Uh, we're pulling some highlights here, uh, courtesy of Courtside Films. There he goes, you know, taking it to the rack. Here's some recent highlights with NBA. But even in the summer, on if you go back, I thought he was as good enough to be MVP of Pangos. Maybe he was a second or third guy there, good at other events. And... Mm -hmm. um, I would have him, and when we do our final rankings, I'm going to be pushing for him to maybe finish in the top six or seven easily overall. Not, you know, 
on the um, cuts or anything. I, he's going to be in our top 10, but I think I might be. Now, again, you may argue with me the other way. I think I'm going to push him for be like a top five or six guy. Like he's that good. Maybe it doesn't show with, with Monver, but I think it showed with team final. And, mm. and I think it shows anyway. So that that's my quote. I have a strong opinion about it just because I just I, I like that his type of point guard. And I like a guy who sets guys up, table setter, uh, plays good, hard, team knows, team oriented guy and can, and can knock down shots. I don't think he's his play has taken anything away from there being other good guys on the court. I still think anybody that has any basketball acumen can still see it. Mm. Yeah, I, I I can go with that. I may not have him top six, but I can go with that. Yeah. Only because if Rob Wright was taller, he would be, you yeah. know, we're, we're literally only, he's literally not that because he's sure. on the shorter end. So, yeah. but I think, you know, it always goes back to, it doesn't matter how tall you are, it matters how good you are. And I yeah. think Rob Wright really, you know, he really kind of, you know, defines that. I mean, just someone, like you said, can really pass the ball. I've seen these highlights, can still make shots, shoot it, can score, can get to whatever spot he wants, competitive on the defensive end. Um, he just gets a lot done. I, I, I definitely think he's a top six level player in that sure. class. I just think the only reason he probably don't is because he's just not as tall. <laughs> you know, if he was six three, I mean, he'd probably be number two in the country. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. he's that good, so... I, I can go with that. I can go with that. Okay. I, I want to put both of you guys on the hot seat really quick because, you know, we just do the hot seat. That's how we do it and in the paint show. So who would you guys take out? Both of you. Give me one player that you guys would take out to add Rob Wright. And it's not to discredit anybody that made the game. As we said, these kids are deserving. You can go any way. But you guys have him as a top six player, which means by your guys' standards, he should be in this game. So who would you remove? I'll go first on if you if if you want me to. Uh, so I'd stick him on the East Coast smaller because you got Flory Badunga and Jaden. I'm taking out John Bull. Like unless I don't see anybody for him to match up. Uh, maybe Aiden Sherelle. I I want to see Rob Wright going against Trent Perry and Zoom Diallo. Uh, that's what I want to see. And maybe you got Tahad and Boogie, but I still think he's deserving. I mean, he's definitely top twenty four. So again, I just nothing against John Bull. I just I know he's a seven foot shot blocker. I, I don't need to see him. Uh, I, he hasn't done anything particularly dominant on his high school team or in to, to, to warrant him going over Rob Wright. Mm. For I, me, I'll just go in the West and not, not trying to take away anything uh, that this kid has done, but I'll probably, you know, take another guard. I'll I take out Zoom Diallo. Um, or I would have taken Carter Bryant, um, one of those two, uh, just because I just feel he just done more. He's just been. Just feel like he's been better than them. So sure. <laughs> I just feel like he's just had a he's been having a better summer. He's had a better uh school scholastic. So for me, I I will go either of those two. Yeah. I think I took the easy way out, Yanni. That's more of a you know, like a ballsy statement. And it's yeah. didn't team final win did team final go to the final or win EYBL? They got uh, the seventeen last year. Yeah, seventeen. They got pretty far, didn't they? They went to Team Vegas Elite. Great Vegas Elite, right? They played Vegas Elite in the final. Yeah, 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 they got to the final. Yeah, it was either Team Takeover or Team Final that played in the finals. I can't remember. Yeah, but yeah, and and they had the best regular season. That's for sure. Yeah, final. They lost one game, I believe. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so. Again, it's he's a big reason. I see Jaleel, but Theo's on the team, but he's a big reason. You know what I mean? (laughs) 
And, and, and I want to mention a guy who I think really has to play good in that same light. He's going to really have to show, I think, the country something, you, you know, as the final rankings come out in, 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 in April and May is, is Drake Powell. I, I don't, uh, I know he didn't play good at Pangos. Not saying he didn't play good at other events. I thought he was good at an EYBL session in Phoenix, but I think he's the one guy that has a little bit to prove too. You know, I agree. Drake hasn't. Nobody's been talking about Drake anywhere too much. Maybe outside his home state, and he's going to North Carolina. But I think he needs to show something in those practices on in front of NBA scouts and in the rankers that you know, hey guys, I I uh, you know was well deserving and is one of the top fifteen or so guys here. No, I do think he's top 10 to 15. I mean, I, I, I think yeah. for me is like with him is more can he he's kind of on that. Is he more like 10 to 15 or 8 to 15 or is he someone that's a legitimate like 5 to 8 or 4 to 8? Oh, wow. I guess for okay. me, I like, yeah, I, I wonder like in those I want to see does he put himself in that top tier or, you know, is he half a tier below those guys? Stuff like that. I just kind of see compared to the I have the four that I feel like. They're yeah. kind of the tier of their own right now. Then it's like, okay, where are you really? Where where is he at? <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I, I I seen him play really really well. As um, and I've also seen him play not so good. So kind of want to see where he's at. Gotcha. And uh, our guy Grant Rice, who's a great friend of ours of this show, and um, the coach at Bishop Gorman last year, he came on and he was the West coach, and he said. These guys are competitive. Uh, Ronald Hollins just sets the bar. Uh, and he just helped that game become much better all around. You know, just the whole atmosphere was better because he was involved. Uh, I don't know. But, again, we don't know the in, in or outs of the dynamics of the team and how the coaches are going to start and break them down. But is there any, either one of you can answer. Is there anybody that you guys think can jumpstart this game or will jumpstart his team and will make them play hard? Yeah, I would definitely think Flory. Um, okay. I think mm-hmm. Flory will. Uh, I think Dylan. Those are like I, I like kind of getting understanding how like Dylan's like you know he he got a competitive family like you know his people don't yeah. play like yeah, yeah. Yeah, every don't play online yeah no 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 one so yeah. for me I feel like Dylan's gonna you know he's gonna try to he's going to come out, play hard. Flory, obviously, like, I don't think Flory doesn't know how to not play hard. Um, Correct. And in the East, I think the guys like, you know, like Coop, I think, you know, he's, he's a guy that really kind of, you know, he, he's going to want to make a statement regardless if he's number one uh, right now. But I see guys like Coop, uh, Flory, Dylan, um, just kind of really bringing it early. And, and even Ian, like Ian's a competitor, like, you know, he, he's a, he's a competitor. So I like, I say those yeah, three four. I would say those three or four can be like some igniters uh, for their okay. group. Great, great. Chelsea, any closing thoughts on this team as we, we, we get ready to switch gears here? Nope. I mean, I think it's going to be a good game overall. Uh, I look yeah. forward to just kind of down the line us kind of dissecting these players a little bit more. Um, and also, too, I was going to ask you guys, um, any knowledge on where the few undecided players might end up? Um, we've talked about Derek Queen a lot on the show. You know, I'm high on him. Um, Bryson Tucker, um, Carter Knox. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I know we've had in the past that guys have committed at McDonald's and kind of like let people know where they're going to go, but it seems like those three are still kind of up in the air. So with, 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 uh, Derek Queen still up in the air, I was here in Indiana, 
Uh, I don't know how uh, sure, but I've been kind of here in Indiana. Uh, Bryson Tucker, I heard the pro route. Um, you know, it kind of mm. been leaning towards that. Uh, Carter Knox, Kentucky, uh, but uh, that you know that that can obviously kind of change too. I know, like I know he's got some pro options as well. I know, you know, there's other schools that kind of really indie with him. But I was hearing Kentucky for him, hearing uh, pro for Bryson, and hearing Indiana for Derek Queen. So hopefully, I'm three for three. <laughs> Good insight there. Ani, any chance one of those three or anybody can switch? And will anybody want to join Rutgers now? Like, he's like, you know what? I'm switching to Rutgers. I, we got some here. We might go to the final four. Or is that now? Nah, they got their two dudes and they're going to ride with that. I just, I think it's going to be hard because it's like those, both of those were just relationships. Like, you got know, it. like, like obviously, like the, they, Rutgers does a good job, but like that was more of a relationship thing. Um, yeah. So I think like to see one of those guys do it kind of out the blue, it could anything could happen. I mean, you know, you know, Ronnie, you know, recruiting as well, especially with NIL. Now, that's, that's why I'm saying with the NIL, with the hey, we got something here. That's the only reason I was thinking like maybe. Yeah, Rutgers it could happen, but um, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Got you. Okay, well, yeah. Big bags would have to be thrown. Like, huge bags would have to be randomly <laughs> thrown. <laughs> Rutgers. And, let, you know, and I want to give, you know, I love my guy, uh, Ace Bailey. But I want to give a shout-out to Phil Sellers, who was a former NBA guard. And Phil was in the running for the number one player in 1972. And he went to Rutgers, and they made it to the Final Four. So, I don't, it ain't over that feels the, 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 that 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 Ace is the top recruit ever. Phil Seller is a bad dude. Like they need to, make, oh, yeah. you know, Ace is gonna need to make a run. Like he went to Jefferson High in Brooklyn, and no, that wasn't the strongest class. And he went to Sonny's game, and he was the MVP. Balled out, you know, he balled out, and he's just a New York guy at the time. And I'm not really sure the particulars why he went to Rutgers, but like it worked out. In his senior year, they they were undefeated going into the Final Four. And uh, they lost in the semifinals. So shout out to Phil Sellers and good luck to Ace Bailey and good luck to Dylan Harper and all the other 22 guys on, on the McDonald's team. But for now, uh, we're going to switch gears here. And we kind of got some news. Uh, Chelsea saw the news wire coming in and we're going to close out the show. Talk a little bit. We can't go without talking about this. Like, it's just crazy. The Bucks fired their coach. Uh, second best record in the East. Ani's mentioning, Ani screaming, they're 30 and 13, they're 30 and 13. You know, <laughs> cool. We want to talk about that. And then maybe we have time to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the scoring performances of two great players, Cat uh, and uh, Joel Embiid, who might be the MVP. So, so Chelsea, what just give us the highlight in there. What's your first takes and talk a little bit about the league and we'll get out of here. Yeah. Uh, Adrian Griffin was let go by the Bucks today. Um, I'm kind of shocked by it, to be honest. Like, Milwaukee's yeah. been playing better. They're trying to figure it out. Like, I, I don't think sometimes we give people time to, like, kind of work through and sort through stuff. Like, you know, yeah. Damian Lillard, ball dominant. Giannis, front court player, but still ball dominant. Like, you know, you got to let things develop a little bit. I understand that Giannis sat out a couple games. I got blown out. Okay, whatever. But collectively as a team, like they, 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 I felt like they were heading in the right direction. Um, I wasn't super sold on the chemistry right away, but chemistry is something that takes time. So I was really just kind of surprised by the move. And now I'm surprised by the names that I'm hearing. 
Doc Rivers, who was just on TV last night, is you know at the top of the list of coaching candidates. And you know, Doc has a resume in his own right. He's used to coaching star power and talent. So you know, I can see why you would give him a look. But you know, Adrian Griffin, the team's doing well. It, it, it's midseason. I, I don't know if that's necessarily the change that they needed to, I guess, get over the hump. You know, everybody's chasing the Bucks and Philly. Um, you know, over there in the East, but I don't know. I just thought it was strange. I, re- I really don't know what is going to become of it. And if it, you know, Doc Rivers or whoever they decide to get is going to make the team that much better. Right. Gotcha. I'm very surprised by it. Um, I yeah. do. I did hear a little bit about like, you know, kind of a miscommunication or the relationship yeah. being kind of weird uh, with him and some of the top guys, but 30 and 13, you're going to have one of the top records in the East going into it. I'm trying to put my myself in, like, maybe the management shoes, right? Like, are they – is it like, okay, it's championship or bust, and Adrian Griffin can't help us – can't help us win a title. He can't – you know, he – we won't win a title with Adrian Griffin this year, so we need to go a different direction. Wow. If, yeah. if that's the thinking, cool. I still think he should be able to show you that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if okay. you were like, and if you were thinking that, you probably should have hired a Doc Rivers from the to begin team. with. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why hire him if you if he has not proven that he can be a championship head coach yet? Yeah. You know, like you're bringing somebody in the first year with a team like that, guys. Like, it can work out really good, which it worked out good. You were third, 30 and 13. It's not like they were bad. Yeah, they may have some issues here and there, but it wasn't nothing crazy. But did they expect year one he's like Joe Missoula? Or, you know, he, he like yeah. what, what, you know, like I guess it just wasn't realistic to me. He, what, there wasn't real realistic expectations yeah. when you got a first year head coach. And then I guess for me, it's like, if you're a first-year head coach, do you want to take on like a team that's trying to win right, like win a championship right away? Because we're seeing these guys getting like nicks quick, and they're having winning records. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. should you take more maybe a rebuilding thing, and you can build up with the program, or do you take something where like like Steve Nash with the Nets? I mean, I know Steve Nash may not have been that great, but like when he had Harden and all them, but they kind of they hired, they wanted him on, and they got him out. You know, so. Yeah, so it was like, what were the were they realistic with their expectations? And if you thought that you couldn't, if you wanted to win right now, year one with him, then you probably should have hired a Doc Rivers or something like that from the jump. You should not have yeah. brought in a first year head coach. That was dumb. Yeah, well, I I don't understand. What did they think they were going to be thirty seven and six right now? I, I you know like. What did they think? And not just that, with the you said a new coaching, they fundamentally changed the makeup by bringing in Lillard, as Chelsea said, for basically Drew Holiday. You went from a gritty, defensive-oriented team on the perimeter to, like, a scoring guy who in Portland never had his team in the higher echelons of the defensive side of the ball already. So you knew that you were changing that to that type of team. And then I'm hearing, like you said, Ani, is – is that he wanted them to really be concentrating on defense, and they were kind of like, well, you know, we're not going to win like this. This is how we won before. Well, then why did you get rid of the coach before right. him? <laughs> the players want to play that style. It's almost goes forget Doc Rivers, your bulls and hoser. Why? Like, 
was he mm-hmm. that bad? I don't know about that. Like you brought in a new team, uh, uh, you know, with a new big piece and got rid of an important piece. And I know Chelsea would argue one of the most important pieces. Like that dude is super the important. The most important piece, arguably. Yeah. No, not he, because obviously Giannis. But yeah, like yeah. you guys you change the team. If you're a coach, yeah, what is attractive about coaching in Milwaukee when they got rid of Budenholzer two years after he won an NBA title? You get yeah. rid of Adrian Griffin after going 30 and 13. It's literally like your job is year is semester to semester. Damn near. Yeah. You can go with an NBA title, then you can get fired in by December of the following year. Like it's yeah, it just it looks unstable to me. I, yeah. If it's something there's a little more bit more. To, yeah, yeah if there's something more. more to it, okay, cool. Like then you know what I'm saying is whatever. But like it looks unstable. Like it doesn't yeah, look like a, win a title like that. Yeah. Yeah. How, why, why, why would I want to coach there if I'm going to get fired? Like, like you're, yeah. you're a place that has literally, literally no patience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if that's the, the maybe. And again, they got to come in and the coach has got to, if I'm the cool coach, uh, whoever it is, I'm going to say, guys, you know what? Griffin didn't do that bad of a job. Some of your guys' effort stinks. This shit needs to change. <laughs> Like, you know, it's something along that line. It's not just Griffin. It's you got 12 players that are getting paid well to put it on the line and and step up. Can't just be completely him. You know, it's maybe they tanked. Maybe they lost a game or two because they weren't responding to him. I could see that. And maybe to the Bucks credit, they want to nip that now, like before it gets out of control. Maybe they think they're sliding. I can see that. But you better be right. You know, like they're also just like you said, Giannis is going to be out of there mm-hmm. because it's going to be unstable. To your point, they can't bring in another superstar. Damn, they're going to fire the coach. You know, <laughs> right. like you're taking a big risk. The 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 perception is you're taking a big risk. Like, yeah, you got to win now, or you think you're going to lose Giannis in a year or two if you don't think this is going to work. Something is like you said, a little amiss, uh, a little surprising, but again, they 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 uh, the ownership and the the front office thinks that they're making the right decision. I. They just got a new team and they're not doing that bad, you know. So um, I don't know if there's anything else they're gonna say to it. I, I just think Doc Rivers, I again I've said this before, I, nothing against him. He's living off, he's riding that one title as far as he can take it. <laughs> You're talking about seven or eight of the biggest playoff collapses. He's involved in like four or five of them. So I I, I don't know what he magic he has at the first practice would make him so much better. You know, they're already a good team. They're a six, seven hundred team. So he's just going to get them to like elite, elite, elite. We'll see. I don't know if you guys Hopefully. have any. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see it. I don't know if their defense is going to change that much. You know, the, <laughs> the guy who's changing defensively is the guy down in Houston who's with Boston. He gets them boys to play. You know what right. I mean? Like, that's what I look at. If you can't get him, I don't know if I'm getting rid of Griffin. Right, like, right. <laughs> what other coach is just like turning the ship around defensively wow that's it's hard to turn around a ship even just generally now you just want to turn it around defensively wow some 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 big stuff there um speaking of offense switching gears to offense uh ania real quick you know any thoughts on those big for scoring performances obviously 50 i can name you tracy murray scored 50 there's guys that have scored 50 in a game that are you'd forget about and and their average run the middle player 60 is like wow 70 is like a whole other level. It's only be like nine, what, nine or now 11 after these, you know, and bid maybe nine, 10, 11. So what's your thought there? 
Bro, Carl Anthony Towns scoring 60 and losing is like <laughs> so much of it's like a Carl Anthony Towns. Like that is such a Carl Anthony Towns thing to do. Score 62 and lose to the Hornets. Like not blaming him for the loss, but like I mean, bro, like what? like that is the Timberwolves, and that can only happen to the Timberwolves of Carl Anthony Towns. That is yeah. hilarious. He had 44 at half. And then Anthony Edwards is like, oh, yeah, man, we were just trying to force feed to the ball, let him go get 100. We didn't care. <laughs> like, like, that could, like, I promise you that has, there is maybe a handful of organizations as good as the Timberwolves are playing. There's only a yeah. handful of organizations I could, or teams I could see that shit happening to. <laughs> and they yeah. are one of them. Uh, Joel and yeah. B70, he completely dominated. The Spurs, Wimby, you know, Wimby could not. Okay, Joel Embiid's two dribble little lefty pull up jumpers like seem unstoppable. Like you cannot <laughs> stop that. Like he's just and then <laughs> throwing his size and just moving Wimby out the way and dunking it. Like and then they had to put Jeremy So in and they're like, okay, go ahead, you know, like So yeah. like Wimby can't do it. So go in there and it was, it 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 was ugly. I mean that was probably the most dominant performance I've seen in a long time. Like, that was a dominant yeah. 70. Like, they had no answer for him. Like, 70. That's a, whew, that's a lot God, of points. He, and he, I mean, yeah, it was dominant because he gave it to him however <laughs> he wanted. Inside, mid-range, three. Like, he was just playing with him. Like, and he just pushing the bigs out the way. Like, He's drop stepping, dudes going like five feet out. Like, I, I, it was that was like Shaq esque, like, like a modern day Shaq esque. No doubt, no doubt. Chelsea, you got any uh thoughts on these performances? And I'm kind of with Ani. It's like the Timberwolves are they for real? And 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 you know, is this going to be a defining moment in their season? It's like, guys, we're we're is it going to be like people are going to remember this moment if they don't win the playoffs? Or is like, are they going to write and say, guys, you know, we're going to turn this around. We, you know, we're not about scoring, about guys scoring a bunch of points. We're going to win. We're young, but we're going to win. Yeah, I, I'm going to say this about the Timberwolves that I think that they're the real deal because they have a guy like Anthony Edwards who can really, you know, carry a team. But I'm okay. also going to say that I don't think people are afraid to play Minnesota like that. As good as they are, as good as their record, like, you know, I think teams would be okay with meeting them in the playoffs if they ended as the one seed or the two seed. I, I really do. And that's yeah. because, one, Anthony Edwards stunk it in the playoffs last year. So, you know, we need to see him be a little more reliable. Um, but if he can, you know, get it going like he has this regular season, he, he's been incredible um, in, in, in spurts. So, you know, that's kind of how I feel about it. That game was just stupid. I watched it. The cat was <laughs> going crazy. And... <laughs> And, and and they played exactly how uh, uh, Anthony Edwards said they were playing. And their coach blamed the team for the loss, too. Like, we were being oh, silly, wow. being were Yeah, he definitely yeah. – he was saying, like, you know, we're, we're four-speed the ball. We're not playing the right way. And, you know, and, and that's what happened. So, um, yeah, that was just funny. And I agree with Ani's sentiments about uh, Carl Anthony Towns. Because, like, he's just, like, the strangest player in the league to me because – so talented and so like capable, you know, because obviously 62 points, like you still have to make those shots on he At one point in time, he was 10 for 12 from three, you know, as a big right. man. So it's like, he's incredible. Oh. Then he's also like 
weird. So I don't, I don't, really, <laughs> I don't really know like what to say. Like so talented, so incredible, but like, can we depend on him? I don't know. And I, and I do yeah. think that this is the last year of this experiment with all, with that team together. Like I'm blowing the yeah. team up if we don't do good. So wow. like, I'm, I'm over it. I'm going to take Anthony Edwards and we're going to, you know, ride him till the cows come home, put some more people around him and figure it out. And, and guess what, Chelsea, on that note, as we close, the Minnesota's going to get Doc Rivers <laughs> to fix it. <laughs> I don't get that. I really don't get it. He was in oh Philly. Joe Embiid. It's just like you said, Ani, is this Will Chamberlain Shaq type of guy. They couldn't win, so they fire him. And uh, <laughs> he's Milwaukee's answer. I just, oh I, I don't, I just, I and, don't get and, it. And Embiid, like, yeah. you know, I didn't get to see everyone. I got to see Shaq. And I, I can make a case that Embiid is just as dominant as Shaq. Because he's 5,000 times more skilled. And yeah. Embiid has that big, strong, powerful body that he can do Shaq like things all night if he wanted to, but because his yeah. mid range is impeccable, because he is a high percentage three point shooter, he's just spreading the wealth at three levels because he can. But if he right. wanted to just sit here and push people around and dunk on them all night, then he could do that too. He is absolutely incredible. Like, I am totally mind blown by seeing somebody with his size move like that. Like, it's not normal. Like, the way he's able to move and, and play is just like incredible. So I'm very now, I hope he can actually, I hope he can do this in the playoffs because that boy did not that boy has not done nothing, has not done anything in the playoffs. So I need Joel Embiid to stop being regular season Embiid. No, I, I totally agree with that. Like it's definitely time for him to to step up and you know, obviously everybody's taking it to another notch, you know, defensively and you know, collectively as a team, but I'm just speaking purely. I'm not talking about winning games. I'm talking about just pure talent. There, I have not seen anybody that with that big of size and mass and body be able to do the things that he can do. And well, and Jokic is super skilled too. Like, but he's you know the body of a plumber, and <laughs> he's not the athlete. That, He's not the athlete that that Joel is, even though he still gets it done in his own right. Like I'm not, I don't want to downplay him either. But Joel has like power. He has like a little bit of burst at a first step. Like he has mm -hmm. every move and every type of footwork, and he can shoot. He can shoot free throws. He can shoot mid range. He can shoot threes. Like he, wow. I, I'm really just amazed by him. Put it that way. Yeah. Um. Guys, yeah, as we end up here, it's very mentioned. You mentioned Embiid. And just a quick note as we get out of here in episode 178, I believe, is I uh, appreciate everybody listening to this special episode. Is And back to Embiid, is to Ani's point earlier, you may, he was at Montbert as, as an underclassman. He came from the NBA without borders, right? Mm -hmm. And he went to Montbert and they had um, Dakari Johnson, who ended up yep. at Kentucky, and they had some big guys. And they, they got uh, they were going to get bring in uh, D'Angelo Russell and they had some other guys that had already been there. And he made a smart move to leave. Mm -hmm. He would have been on that bench on their bench. Maybe maybe he would have blew up as a senior, but he went to another school and blew up. Yeah. You know, and it's like you said, Ani, sometimes you got to make what's right move for you. You know what I mean? Like for him to stay there, maybe it wasn't a good move. And you think, oh, he leaves my who leaves Montvert. He was kind of forgotten a little bit, you know, and he did really good in the uh, Hoop Summit game, if I recall. But. He had a really good senior year, and it's because he got he left and made the right move. So right. It was on that note, I want to give it say that again. And I actually was able to play. 
Yeah, he was able to get the reps, get better, and 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 play. He wasn't better or better notoriety than Dakari Johnson. Dakari Johnson followed Kevin Boyle from St. Patrick's School down to to Montverde, and he obviously was a, a big name, and it worked out for for him at that time, and it ended up working out for Embiid. So, the moral of the story is: if it works out for you, make the right move for you. Congrats again to all the twenty-four guys in the Mc, McDonald's game, and to the twelve guys that made the Nike Hoop Summit. We'll be following them. We'll be announcing. Our own Balls Life All-American game probably soon, where it will be, what time, and, and we're, it's going fast. So for Chelsea Hawkins and Ani Amon, we're out of here, and we appreciate your guys' uh, viewership, and we'll talk to you very soon. Bye, guys. Yeah.